Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. It was a beautiful summer day in Texas, 1969. Doyle Davidson, the president of this ministry, was driving south on US-75 on his way to visit a sick horse. Doyle had it made. He owned one of the leading veterinary hospitals in North Texas that he had designed and had built for himself. His reputation as an equine practitioner was known across the country. People were bringing their horses from coast to coast and even from Canada for him to look at. He owned two farms, plenty of horses, cattle, and cars. He had investments, money, friends, prestige, and respect. But he was not happy. You see, as a boy, Doyle would love to ride with his dad Lyle in his dad's truck until... His father would say to him, Doyle, you're going to have to preach the gospel someday. Doyle would just look away and say nothing. He had too much love and respect for his dad, but in his heart, he would hope that his dad would be quiet. He didn't want to hear that. Then in 1958, while on the University of Missouri campus, getting ready to enter the School of Veterinary Medicine, just finishing rotating his tires, the Spirit of the Lord descended on him enveloped him and the voice of the Lord said I don't want you to be a veterinarian I want you to be a minister of the gospel with the presence of God being so strong and Doyle never experiencing anything like it all Doyle could say was please don't send me to hell please don't send me to hell but Doyle just couldn't believe that that experience was God and didn't obey the voice, and went on to be a veterinarian. Now, years later, he had everything a man could want, but he had no peace. For the last couple of years, working day and night, it seemed every time he would get into his car, an angel would be the passenger in the other seat, asking him, when are you going to preach the gospel? And Doyle would think, when are you going to get out of my car? So here he was, driving down Central Expressway. On top of all this, the straw that broke the camel's back was he had an investment, a corporation, that was causing him a lot of grief. His beginning as a silent partner ended him up being president of a war. It, along with everything else, brought him to that place where he was willing to talk to God. While driving, he opened his mouth and spoke. If this is you, that has been bugging me all these years. Sell my share of this corporation and I'll do whatever you ask. And he continued driving on his way. That's what God was waiting for. The very next morning, while on his way north to call on another horse, he decided to stop at a Dairy Queen to get something to drink. When he pulled up and stepped out of his car, who should be there? but the two other partners of that corporation. 
They exchanged the usual friendly greetings, and then one of the partners spoke up. Would you be willing to sell your stock in the corporation? Doyle, an experienced businessman and not wanting to look too excited, answered, Maybe. When would you want to buy it? The answer was quick. How about one o'clock today? Doyle responded, Where? They said at the bank. Doyle gave them the answer they were looking for. I will be there. Within 24 hours of his prayer, the corporation was sold. And Doyle headed down the road, a load lifted, carefree, and wondering what his next investment should be. But two weeks later, driving down the road again, the Lord spoke. I want you to sell your veterinary hospital and obey me. Doyle replied, I didn't agree to that. And what commenced was a wonderful conversation between a man and God, which ended when God reminded him, you said you would do whatever I asked. Doyle knew he was had. He had to keep his word. On January 2nd, 1970, Doyle drove away from the hospital that he had built, and he began his walk in obedience to God. That obedience is still continuing, and it is producing some real fruit, fruit that can walk in the gospel with power. I am one of those fruit, and I thank God for the grace God put on that man's life to humble himself, sell out, and walk. And if you're listening to me today, you're a partaker of that grace also. I have the perfect song to go with this story, Just a Little Talk with Jesus. Ministered by the Brown Brothers. Sing along and let God minister to you. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It made my heart in love. Just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in. And you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk I may have doubts and fears, my eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer, he knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a little talk with Jesus Let us tell him all about our trouble He will hear our faintest cry He will answer by and by When you feel a little prayer will turn in And you know a little fire is burning You will find a little talk with Jesus Makes it right 
us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in. And you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in. And you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I'd like to begin with prayer. I give thanks, Father, I thank you. I ask for grace. I ask for grace on me, and I ask for grace on this message. That you open our eyes that we can see. That you open our hearts like you did for Lydia. That we can attend unto the things which are spoken. That you turn us from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to share with you today one of my favorite stories out of the scriptures. But I'd like to lay some background work first. And with that... I'm going to turn to Exodus 34, and I'm going to begin in verse 5. This is a discussion between Jehovah, the Father, and Moses. And here, God is revealing to Moses his own personality. And I'm going to begin in verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. The Lord descended and stood right there with Moses and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, that means slow to anger, and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and fourth generation. Here is where the Father revealed to Moses his own personality, what he was really like. And the first word he uses to describe himself is merciful, and then gracious, and long-suffering he puts up with a lot, and abundant in goodness and truth. That is the personality of the God we serve. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and will by no means clear the guilty. This is the God we serve. Now, I'd like us to turn to Numbers 14, and here is the story that ministers so much to me. Here is where after the Hebrew children heard the report of the returning spies and believed the ten spies that said that the people of the land were too big for them and they were all going to be killed in the wilderness. They listened to those ten spies instead of Joshua and Caleb, who reported that they were well able to take the land because God was with them. So God had had enough. 
And in verse 11, he speaks to Moses. And I'm going to begin there. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? Listen to what the Father is saying here. Listen for your own benefit. And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? Has God ever done a miracle for you? And then in verse 12, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of thee, Moses, a greater nation and mightier than they. And now here Moses responds and listen to what Moses said. This man, a simple man. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear it. For thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land. For they have heard that thou, Lord, are among his people. And that thou, Lord, are seen face to face. And that, that thy cloud standeth over them. And that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of a cloud and in a pillar of fire by night. Verse 15. Now thou shalt kill all these people as one man. Do you see Moses knew what God could do? That God could kill all those people. And like I had shared before, the experts estimated around 2 million people. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he swore unto them, therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. Now look at the next thing Moses speaks. And now I beseech thee. That means I beg thee, I urge thee. Let the power of my Lord be great. As thou hast spoken. Look what Moses said. As thou hast spoken. He reminds God what he said about himself. And what did God say about himself? Moses goes on. According as thou hast spoken, the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Moses reminded God of what God told Moses about himself. And he goes on, pardon, I beseech thee the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou hast forgiven this people even from Egypt even until now. Moses, a man, standing before God and God wanting to wipe out every single one of them. And what does Moses do? He reminds God of what he said about himself. He said, according as thou hast spoken, the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy. And he goes on. What did God answer Moses? Verse 20. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. Moses, a man, a man like you and I, stood before God in intercession for all those people and reminded God of what he said about himself. Do you see the integrity, the power, the faithfulness 
the love of the God we serve, he actually hearkened unto Moses because Moses reminded him of what he said about himself. To go along with this, I was once a teacher and I've worked with a lot of children. There was a situation not long ago where I heard in a roundabout way that a child that I knew and loved was going to be evicted out of their home the very next day. They were upset and they were frightened because they didn't know where they were going to go. Their parents were in all kinds of troubles and the children didn't have a lot of stability at all. And when I heard this, I was heartbroken. I couldn't do anything for them, but I went to the one that could. I went to my heavenly father in prayer. I sometimes walk along the road on the sidewalk, and I did this time. When I started, and I was considering the situation, I didn't know how to start praying. So as usual, I began by giving thanks. You know, that gets you into the presence of God. The psalmist says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So I began thanking God. But then what came up in my heart was unusual. And I'll tell you why. Right now, in these days, I do not have a very good singing voice. And as I have been told jokingly, I was not called to sing. I have a difficult time right now singing. But that day, out on the sidewalk, I began to sing the first stanza of the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And the words, just, just the first stanza, nothing else. The words to that stanza are, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changes not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. I sang that over and over to my Heavenly Father. You know what I was doing? I was reminding him of what he's like. That there's no shadow of turning with him. That he doesn't change. That his faithfulness is great. And that his compassions don't fail. The more I sang it, the more faith rose up in my heart. It was so fun singing that song to my heavenly father, knowing that he was hearkening to my voice and knowing, knowing for sure I was going to get an answer. And I did. The next day, I heard that some relatives of that family stepped in and rented a house for the children. They told the parents that they could live there if they would stay out of trouble, but that the house was for the children. I praised God. I still praise him for his faithfulness, that he did what I asked him, that he answered my prayer on behalf of those children. This is the God we serve. He hears our voice when we call to him. And how do I know that? Let's turn to Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who brings us peace? Why is there peace between us and the Father? Because of Jesus. 
verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We stand by faith in this grace. Now, the next verse, verse 3. And not only so, but we glory, we boast in tribulation. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. We boast, we glory in tribulation. We boast in trouble. What do we boast about? We boast what God has done for us. That was tribulation, knowing that those children weren't going to have a home. So what did I do? I reminded God of what he's like, of what he is, of what he does. And what do we do when we're in trouble? We boast, we rejoice, we glory in what God has done for us. And you know what he's done for us? He sent his son Jesus to die for us in our place. That Jesus took all our sin on his own body. That his body was broken for us, every bone out of joint because of our sin. He took our disease. He took our poverty. He took our weaknesses, our perversities. He took it on his own body. That's what we rejoice in, that he's done that for us. And that he died and that he was buried and that his soul and spirit descended into hell, the lowest part of hell, as our substitute for us. That's what we boast in, that Jesus went to hell for us so that we don't have to go there. We boast in that. We glory in that. And then we glory and we boast in that the Father raised him from the dead and raised us up with him. That Jesus is alive and that the Father brought him up from the dead. And that the same power that the Father used to raise Jesus from the dead, he will use on our behalf because of what Jesus did for us. We boast in that. We boast that the Father will work for us, that he will help us, that he will comfort us, that he will bring the things that he has promised. That's what we boast in. That is the God we serve. Do you need help from God? Do you need the power of God working in your life? Romans 10, 13 states, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that word saved means to save, to heal, to rescue. But think about this. Betty Baxter tells a marvelous story about a young man in a wheelchair that she was praying for to be healed. Her prayers weren't working, so she asked the young man, For God to heal you. Would you tell him in return that you will go where he wants you to go and you will do what he wants you to do? And the young man answered, Why no, Betty? And she replied, Why not? He said, Because he might ask me to do something I don't want to do. Consider that. He was left in the wheelchair. Will you let God do with you what he wants to do? Will you let God send you where you need to go? I'd like to finish the program with a great song by Terry Mai and the Water of Life Boys, El Shaddai. And I'd like to remind you that all the music and all my radio programs are available for free, for free download from my website, Kathy Davidson, K-A-T-H-I-E-D-A-V-I-D-S-O-N-W-O-L, as in wateroflife.com. 
That's Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, Davidson, W-O-L, as in Water of Life, dot com.
Thank you for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L dot com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 86-1327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.